This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Brian Strumman said traders prepared all week for the three-day holiday weekend. It's Friday. Uh, we're looking at the weather and the, the weather forecast as well, Randy. And, you know, it still remains hot and dry. And uh, you get to the end of August, too. We had uh, all of the delayed pricing grain that needed to be marketed, uh, the September contracts, first notice day again on Thursday. And we saw a little bump in the overnight, I think, because of that. But uh, this weather forecast, there's some concerns about how that uh, that corn's going to finish off. And and again, about that kernel depth in addition to beans and and that uh, that that pod fill. So those markets are a little stronger today. The wheat complex had some decent gains this morning. Uh, we're starting to turn the corner here uh, at the noon hour. Well, after the starting the day higher, the grains sagged into the close on Friday. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says technical selling was the focus. Technicals are weak on uh, the big bull oats on the wheat market and on the uh, soybeans and corn uh, mildly. So so I think it was more technical selling here than anything else. Uh, You know, we started out on fire with the uh, wheat market with uh, deliveries, um, you know, seeing uh, Dreyfus and the Anderson stop wheat gave us a big push to the upside um, just on somebody wants to own the wheat. Um, soybeans tried to follow and corn tried to follow, but um, just technical selling came in here to end the week. Well, the corn market continues to struggle with burdens, burdensome supply. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops would like to see better demand. The job of this market stimulate some demand to find a price level that's going to give us better export business, better feed usage, um, more ethanol usage. And right now, at this level, just doesn't feel like this is that price level that's going to give us that that big demand. We started to see an, an uptick in exports as we're trading in the 470 to 480. So maybe that gives us a clue of where we need to be or at least stick around so we can chew through some of these huge ending stocks numbers that we're looking at. Due to low water on the water levels on the Mississippi River, restrictions have been placed on the amount of grain that can be loaded on each barge. That increases the number of barges needed to move the same amount of grain and cuts into the barge supply. The supply situation has caused a dramatic bump in spot barge rates. As of this past Tuesday, spot rates at St. Louis reached $23.34 per ton. That's up nearly 50% from the previous week and up 85% from the three-year average. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the livestock market just kind of continues its steady sideways trading pattern. They're starting to slip to a degree right now, but overall, uh, when you look at them, they have just been like steady eddy and uh, actually quite boring to watch. So um, they're holding the support lines they need to for live cattle. Um, you know, you've really consolidated in August, but now when you're looking at October contracts, and some deferred ones even past that, like your uh, December contract. We're really just hovering on this trend line. We're not budging off of it. And when you look at feeder cattle here, November feeder cattle, um, kind of the same situation. You do not venture off trend line very far. And Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifert said that livestock market really is all about demand. When we sort of rekindled this, this last hurrah of summer demand, uh, and we haven't broken off the highs, at least not by a significant amount. I think there is some upside potential there on that chart. We know that we have a fairly bullish fundamental story. That is a story that has gotten rather long in the tooth, which I think is why we've been so sideways for the last month and a half. 
but it hasn't it hasn't really gone away either. It takes a long time to really rebuild the cattle herd. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. You can count on the bean experts at Johnstown Bean Company and TMT Bean and Seed. The owners are also dry bean growers just like you and know what it takes to produce top yields and quality. Agronomists are available to give you expert advice and will answer your questions. While the companies are locally owned, they market your beans worldwide. Johnstown Bean Company and TMT Bean and Seed. Local growers, global connections. The Big Iron Farm Show, September 12th, 13th, and 14th at the West Fargo Fairgrounds. Join us in the Red River Farm Network building and the East Horse Barn across from the food court. There'll be Market Outlook seminars each day at 1.30. Forums are also planned on farm regulations, fertilizer prices, and the weather. Visit rrfn.com to see the full agenda. The Red River Farm Network Issues Center is sponsored in part by Pioneer, Freedom Financial Group, and the Minnesota Corn Growers Association. We'll see you at Big Iron. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Environmental Protection Agency and Army Corps of Engineers have issued its final rule amending its definition of the waters of the United States. This change was necessary after a recent Supreme Court decision. The EPA plans to lead a webinar detailing the updated WOTUS definition on September 12th. Due to a federal court injunction, the updated Waters of the United States rule does not apply in North Dakota and 26 other states. The WOTUS definition, implemented before 2015, is in place for these states. North Dakota Senator John Hoven remains opposed to this regulation, describing it as regulatory overreach without public input. And numerous farm groups have voiced disappointment about the revised WOTUS rule. National Corn Growers Association President Tom Haig says the administration released a rule that does not respect the holdings from the recent U.S. Supreme Court case. The National Association of State Departments of Agriculture agree, saying the new rule does not accurately address the issue raised by the Supreme Court Sackett decision. While the rule does not impact North Dakota, Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring says the updated rule makes only minor changes. The new rule that released is uh, it removes some things concerning nexus, uh, also some wetlands. And when you look at that, uh, it, it only changed the scope of what they were trying to accomplish a little bit. Our lawsuit, uh, along with other states, is still in effect. So the the injunction still stands. I think what's what's interesting, because there's nothing new to it, they just had to pull a few things out. The remaining 23 states that do not have an injunction are bound by the rule. We're still concerned because ephemeral streams, dry ditches, subsurface water, waters in the state uh, are still in the rule itself, which circumvents the state's authority and uh, it's a taking and such, and, and quite frankly, uh, ourselves and 26 other states just aren't going to stand by and let them do that. Russell Group President Randy Russell says the farm bill is running way behind schedule as lawmakers focus on other priorities. This will be my ninth farm bill, and I cannot remember a time when neither the House nor Senate ag committees had not marked up their respective bills going into post-Labor Day, into the fall. So 
we are behind. Having said that, both committees are working on uh, their own drafts that they're going to put in front of their members. And I suspect that we're going to see a lot of action on the bill in committee this fall. I don't know if you'll see either committee markup in September simply because they're going to be focused on getting the government funded and avoiding a government shutdown come October 1st. Russell expects to see markups by the middle of October. An extension of the current farm bill will be necessary. Lots of action will occur um, this fall. We're going to need an extension of some type because by the end of December, uh, December 31st, there's a lot of negative things happen if you don't pass an extension. So some kind of a short-term extension will uh, needed to be passed before finishing the bill. After a stopover at the Minnesota State Fair, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack announced $230 million in rural development funding for the state. Projects include $4.1 million for the meat processing facility in Wabon. There's also $1.5 million for Minnesota Farmers Union for a mobile meat slaughter and processing trailer. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. From Kansas to Ohio, that's where you'll find Pivot Bio. From the Mississippi Delta and the Chesapeake, Nebraska and the hills of Tennessee. Proving on thousands of fields across this great land. When you work the ground till the sun goes down, Pivot Bio's got a plan. Greener plants and a healthy land use our predictable nitrogen. Wherever farmers grow, yeah, that's where we go. The stories that matter to you and your bottom line matter to us. We've had a little ridge of high pressure, say a little upward bump in the jet stream. So if you're an investor, you know, a lot of that money is can be either better utilized somewhere else or it's costing you a lot more money to keep in commodities. Many of those same clients in those states are really suffering with some issues on the uh, rainfall shortages. No one covers agriculture better than the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. National Weather Service Grand Forks meteorologist Matthew McLowen says the trend of warm weather will continue into the weekend. For this weekend, we are looking pretty hot and dry, right? Well, for the most part, temperatures are going to be roughly 90s across the board, whether it be eastern North Dakota or um, the northern central Minnesota, all the way up to northwest Minnesota, pretty much across our CWA, with dew points getting into the mid to low 30s. So we do have some near critical fire weather concerns for the afternoons from Friday through Sunday. Temperatures are expected to cool a little next week in some areas, but most will remain warmer than average. Yep, temperatures um, starting you know next week, they we do get into a slight cool down. Like Monday, we do have some 80s for our northern counties, but really Highway 2 and south is going to be still stuck in the mid-90s. Um, we won't really see any relief until about Tuesday. According to the latest U.S. Drought Monitor, North Dakota has progressed into drier conditions, especially in the northern tier. Just under 3% moved into D3, extreme drought that touches eight counties. 17% of North Dakota is in severe drought, up 2% from last week. The southern half of the state remains untouched by drought. 
The monitor is little change for South Dakota with the bulk of abnormally dry and moderate drought conditions in the eastern portion of the state. For Minnesota, 99.9% of the state is in some form of drought, with two extreme drought spots appearing in east-central Minnesota and the far southeast corner. Just over 10% of Minnesota is in extreme drought, a jump from 1.7% last week. 38% of the state is experiencing D2 severe drought conditions. North Dakota Farm Service Agency Executive Director Marcy Svenningson says with drought progressing in northern North Dakota, eight counties are now eligible for the livestock foraging program. The new drought monitor came out and we have a red circle up in the north northern part of our state and it actually touches eight counties. And when we hit D3 drought, that means that that triggers our livestock forage program immediately. And so the eight counties are Botno, Roulette, Towner, Cavalier, Ramsey, Benson, Pierce, and McHenry. With those counties in extreme drought, forage and pasture resources start to get scarce. What this means for those ranchers is if you have livestock in pastures, we know that uh, D3 drought reduces your forage and you become eligible for a livestock forage payment. Uh, payments are determined on a monthly basis, and when you hit D3 drought, that automatically triggers a three-month payment. This summer's hot and dry weather will continue to influence the weather pattern going into fall. World Weather Incorporated meteorologist Drew Lerner expects mid-September to be very cool. I'm not suggesting necessarily we're going to have a colder-than-normal autumn. I, I think what's happening here is that the air across the Canadian prairies and a large part of the northern plains, in fact, a large part of the United States, for that matter, down into the central plains and the western corn belt, they're all running very low on humidity. We just don't have any moisture out there. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Ag Week brings you timely agriculture news from across the region through digital, television, and print. Sign up for your chance to win an Icy Breeze cooler at the Ag Week booth located in the Expo Center at Big Iron. Visit with Ag Week journalists, renew your subscription, or check out show deals on new subscriptions. Subscribers and viewers can enjoy cookies at the booth. Follow all of Ag Week's coverage from Big Iron by visiting agweek.com, reading Ag Week magazine, or watching Ag Week TV. Listen to The Dry Bean Scene every Friday on the Red River Farm Network. Brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Baristo Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants. We'll track this year's crop potential across the country and get industry perspectives on possible market impacts. It's The Dry Bean Scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network.